do you burn a lot of things? Do you have like a fireplace or do you just burn stuff in general? <laughs> do you burn a lot of things? Do you burn a lot of things? Do you watch the fires sing? Uh, yeah, I. we have a little fireplace. We burn, um, uh, what's it called? Wood. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we maybe use some sort of compressed block of eerie wood substitute, but no, it's the real deal. Because um, we used to have a fire uh, in, in my old house where we grew up. We used to have like a proper fireplace. And uh, and an Arga as well, obviously. Um, oh, Argas are really good, though, aren't they? For all the shit they get, they are just lovely objects. They are good, and I should. We did not install the Arga. It was an old Arga that was existent in the house. We couldn't have afforded an Arga ourselves. Oh, um, see, when my folks retired, they moved into a place that had an Arga in it, and they tried to use the whole grandfathered Arga. Yeah, but an Arga's an Arga, buddy. <laughs> But um, the, we got coal delivered by a, a coal man who turned out to be sort of like the Pat Butcher of coal delivery. <laughs> You're going to have to qualify so, that. I'm intrigued. So, you know, the episode of uh, oh Pat Mustard, even Pat Butcher. She's from EastEnders. No, Pat yeah, Mustard. Yeah, OK. From... Yeah, that had really baffled me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, the he Phil wore, Mitchell like... of petrol. He wore like really big dangly earrings and was best friends <laughs> with all the old ladies in the village. Well, quite, as we found out. <laughs> Crikey. Welcome, listener, to this episode 194 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. This week, we are talking about the best towers in games, and I'm joined by, confusingly, not Matthew Castle, but Matthew Tower. <laughs> I'm Matthew Castle's brother. Interesting. Did you, uh, I have a different surname. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, did you change your name? No, actually, I'm going to change my backstory, though. I okay, am, all right. I'm the prototype model that, like, the military made before Matthew Castle. Oh, like V1.2. Yeah, they're still they're still constructing Matthew Bastion, um, uh, giant okay. cavern in North Yorkshire. <laughs> I like the levels of uh, building. That's good. What's well, above it might Bastion? be an interesting, interesting chat for today. Actually, how do we um, qualify? How do we tower? create a hierarchy of tall buildings? Yeah. Oh no, that'll take off about twenty minutes, won't it? So yeah, Matthew Castle himself can be here, but we are joined uh, by Nate, who is cosplaying as Matthew Tower. Um, so it should be an interesting one. We're going to talk about our favorite towers and games, but first, the traditional. How have you been, Nate? Good. The um, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That no one showed up at my house to collect gobies. Um, oh, it's only been a week. 
Actually, I'm not angry or disappointed. I'm nervous because they're growing <laughs> larger every day. Um, they are now at a size where if you had a grain of rice that size in your rice, yeah, you'd be perturbed. You'd be like, here, look, you'd nudge the person next to you. Be like, yeah, look at, this. Look at that absolutely whopping basmati. But what, I mean, could you move them out of the, the boiler? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about a, a sort of a gobe diaspora now. Just oh, the problem is they're so hideously aggressive. I am genuinely considering just buying like a twenty-five gallon plastic tub, putting it outside. And bunging loads of gobies in it with loads of pipes and stuff. Would they live? Yeah, they'd live. Oh, God. Probably love this weather, actually. And just every... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grapple my way around the inevitable truth that I'm becoming a goby farmer. <laughs> uh, yeah, if this is the first time that you've decided to try and listen to the electronic wireless show. Nate really likes fish and he has accidentally created a sort of colony of uh, inbred and extremely angry uh, gobies that he can't oh, get rid of. So if you Australian want a goby... desert gobies. They're, they're lovely. Alice does make them sound, well, exactly as they are, to be honest, but they're also good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> angry race. <laughs> they're good lads. Good lads. Um, How have you been? I'm all right. Yeah, it's been very. We finally got the heat wave in Ireland. Um, but uh, apart from that, not really been up to much. Although we did every um, weekend here. There's a park nearby, and they in um, cruise ship season every weekend have like a little sort of fate where there are loads of stalls selling like soap and and earrings and whatever. And then there are a few local music acts play on the bandstand. And we had um, one that was like uh, an old lady playing a massive harp accompanied by a similarly elderly friend on the flute. And when they were just playing, it was nice. But then they would sometimes start singing and God bless them. It was proper like BBC 1940s radio kind of (laughs) warbling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like. We'll meet again. Don't oh, no, know it. Uh, and um, oh, it sounds like uh, slightly vengeful ghosts, doesn't it? Yeah, and then every time they stopped because they had the microphone pointed directly at the amp as well. <laughs> um, and then at one point, some South African tourists, just who I guess were in a choir back home, got up and joined in singing with them and sang like, "Glory, glory, hallelujah." <laughs> What? <laughs> it was very strange. That's amazing. Uh, but there was also a brass band that played like uh, pop and rock hits, and they did rocking all over the world and do the locomotion. And uh, that ABBA song, um, Does Your Mother Know That You're Out? But a brass band, it was great. I do like brass band covers of things. Yeah, they're good, aren't I- they? I feel like they're still like bluegrass covers of things, you know, as a concept was tainted by those sort of like really smug, very white, like covers of early 90s hip hop. But like <laughs> brass band covers, I think, are still unsullied as a concept. Yeah, no, I agree. I was sort of like when um, 
Do you remember when everyone went really mad for sea shanties for five minutes? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was my biggest hipster moment ever, actually, because I was like, well, I liked them before they were cool. Uh, <laughs> What's but your yeah. favourite sea shanty? Do you want me to sing it? Yeah. I'll sing you a song of the fish of the sea, away down royal. So fare ye well, my pretty young girl, because we're bound for the royal grand. Sail away, sail away, away down royal. So fare ye well, my pretty young girl, because we're bound for the royal grand. Very good. Lovely. Clap, 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 clap. Very good. Oh, actually, you know Matthew's and your funny stories about CDs uh, skipping. Yeah. I was stuck on a holiday once in a cabin where that w- there was only a CD of like classic sea shanties and it kept sticking on the first second of that track. So it was just a load of fishermen roaring the word oil again and again. <laughs> I mean, the, you would like one that is starts, I'll tell you, I'll sing you a song, The Fish of the Sea. That's well, It's absolute. maddening though, because he then doesn't go on to mention a single fish. <laughs> in verses, it's just a <laughs> tease. <laughs> a card tease. Fish, but, right, okay, yeah. Well, that's it's. It's been really good doing the podcast with you for the last couple of years. <laughs> 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 My time is now at an end. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, you were saying about sea shanties. Yeah, I started was... roaring. Well, just it, it was sort of like how they became really, really popular for a bit, and then it was just loads of like kind of uh, aggressively like I can't even describe the sort of man but sort of like a uh, hipster man who would describe himself as an ally doing like acoustic oh, yeah. covers of shanties all over TikTok yeah oh have you figured out TikTok do you do you no I don't have it I'm too afraid I've um I think I've accidentally understood it because I've started um I've started watching quite a lot of YouTube shorts Alice all right okay which um, I was explaining how, because the other night Ashley came to bed to find me passed out with one arm in my shirt and one arm out and just a three second video of someone slapping a steak onto a table playing over and over again on my phone. And <laughs> uh, um, it was just she, like she woke me up laughing at this tableau. Uh, and she was asking what it was, and I explained YouTube Shorts, and she said that's how TikTok works. So it looks like it's a clone product. But TikTok or YouTube Shorts? YouTube Shorts. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does but, keep um, trying to force me to watch Jordan Peterson, though. Well, you know, I kind of enjoy the the memes of Jordan Peterson in, you know, Red Alert. <laughs> okay, that has been brilliant, actually. That has been really solid. <laughs> Uh, I I don't do TikTok. I like waiting for cultural artifacts that have begun on TikTok to surface on the wider internet or learn about them. Like for example, uh, I learned about mom mom talk, which was what a group of Mormon women, like blonde twenty three year old women that were married and had two kids and were Mormons and they all hung out together and they did TikToks and they called it like mom talk and like the oldest one was like 27 or something and and then it turned out that like they were all sort of like low-key swingers <laughs> <laughs> and and so I learned about it at the stage that it became funny drama basically 
because like they they all went on holidays together and stuff uh and then one of them like kind like one of them got pregnant and like someone else's husband did because they never they never did full swinging they did like you know bits and (laughs) (laughs) and so she wasn't pregnant with like another husband's baby but like one of the other husbands like wished it was his baby or something and it became like a big thing and so one of the the women got like kicked out of the friendship group at which point she started to to spill all the truths on tiktok about how they were like mormons i guess wow what is the thing with uh, mormons and like having multiple spouses is that was that always just a myth or is it like it's most mormons don't do that it's like certain kind of sects i guess i think is my understanding but the ones that do have multiple wives tend to be the ones that are a bit dodge yeah yeah i believe based on cursory kind of viewing of documentaries well yeah i mean i i don't want to to be judgmental but like a harem is not usually a brilliant character trait not usually (laughs) but my understanding is that most mormons are just mormons like and some of them are in some of the most successful and absolutely uh, amazing bands really yeah the killers no yeah brandon flowers as well mormon i like brandon flowers well there you there you go oh a great advert for mormonism he's only got one wife (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i try to think i can't really segue from mormons to towers very easily (laughs) Well, Momtok sounds like the name of some sort of like ancient god that was best left forgotten. And you yeah. know where ancient, like, you know, forbidden gods like to hang out. And that's Towers. There you go. Perfect. I tried. So this week we're, we're, yeah, we're talking about Towers and games. And I was thinking again about Towers because I've been playing a lot of Horizon Forbidden West. I've only just got to the West. <laughs> I it's still actually game. need to play that game. It's um, oh. well, it's very, it's very, very similar to uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Is there a turtle though? Uh, I've not met a turtle yet. There are big crabs. Okay, that's good. I'm in. Uh, still, and yeah, but I was thinking about because the um, you can get. Lego versions of the um the big walking radio satellite dish tower ones. Tornex. Oh yeah, the sort of Starship Enterprise giraffes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're a, they're a tower, aren't they? They're a, they're like a, a new soft style tower. Everyone liked towers when they're in Breath of the Wild. Um, this is an interesting. So, just taking us over to the taxonomy table, then. Yeah, I let's was, talk about what's a tower. Yeah, because I was thinking. There's sort of two two angles of approach here. One is looking at towers as a as an architectural thing, which is the simplest one, and mm. then there's looking at towers as uh, what would you call it a component or as a mechanic, I guess. Um, and then interestingly, I suppose that's got two very distinct subcategories, which actually nothing to do with each other. So you've got Architectural towers that act as map revealers in the Ubisoft formula and, and your robot giraffes. And then you've got, because obviously my first thought was tower defense games, where a tower is in fact just anything that 
you know, a static structure that fights enemies for you. It was hilarious. One of the first things I thought of, what's a tower I like? And I thought of Orcs Must Die 3 and the big flippy plates that chuck hundreds of orcs into like a ravine. I thought, (laughs) now, mechanically speaking, they act as a tower, but they're literally a plate of metal. You couldn't be architecturally further from a tower. Interesting. That is interesting. So I suppose we can have, you know, we can send up nominees in any of these three categories, I suppose. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You might have to do some taxonomical justifications. (laughs) I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Well, as we know, you're quite wily on that front. So (laughs) (laughs) We've all got like our, our special RPG skill. You win the cavern, whereas I can define anything as anything else. Yeah. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but like, <laughs> like take me from a bowl of like potpourri to a military installation. This is it. This is the magic in six moves or, or less. Um, well, go on then. What? Okay, give me, give me you what you think is your safest definitional tower. Okay, so this is one that's fresh in the memory. I um. I just finished playing through Metro Exodus, by which I mean I just finished watching someone play through Metro Exodus because I'm exhausted these days. I can't <laughs> handle the adrenaline of having to deal with a nuclear bear. Um, lovely game, though, and in the first sort of open worldy area, which is in the banks of the Volga, um, and it's sort of early springs, so there's still loads of ice on the river. Uh, there's like a radio tower you go up and there's just this sort of cool drifter living up there. I, I'll tell you what, if we were doing this podcast on nicest blokes in games, <laughs> he would make that list as well. Just a really affable man, especially for a sort of a busted post-atomic Russia. And yeah, it's just, he's got a lovely little house in this tower and it's a lovely moment because you get to, yeah, after a first game that was, was pretty much all in a hole you get to look over the whole landscape for the first time. And I actually, I think I had started watching this playthrough and we talked about weather and I talked about how wonderful Mm. the sort of the, you know, genuinely like messy, bleak, wintry bits were. And that's where you really first see it all from the whole time. And it's sort of an Ubisoft tower because you can tag points with your binoculars there. Um but I think mostly it's just them showing off what a nice landscape they've made. And also girders, man. I love girders. <laughs> I've really gone into girders. <laughs> You're into girders. Well, yeah, because I've been, uh, for my goblin cars, I've been um, buying a lot of like model railway scale girders, um, like the crossbeam truss ones. Mm. There's something really pleasing about them. I don't know. <laughs> You get a lot of those in the Far Cry 3 towers as well. A lot of girders in there. Oh, yeah, they do. I know. I, I'm a bit more familiar with the, the Far Cry 3 towers. Uh, what? I mean, we're sort of we're skating around it, but what do you think of the Ubisoft tower? Because um, I quite like them. I think they're decent. I think they're all right. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good idea. I'm, I'm always caught between relief and anxiety when I open one up, because it's like, ah, that's another unknown known. Yeah. And then then there's the subsequent, ah, but then there's another 15 unknowns, micro unknowns, 
that it's unveiled that I must now, you know, get my crowbar to the Schrodinger's cat box and, <laughs> and see what's there. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty good. Like, it's it's just, it's a big gulp of, uh, of, of new possibilities all at once, isn't it? Yeah, I just sort of don't really understand the kind of hate that, that the Ubisoft Tower's got there for a while, because... If you put them in other games, people are like, oh, this is really good. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just the Ubisoft map. It's just too yeah, many think, markers and stuff. You know, once... Because there's quite a lot of stuff that's identifiable as a formula in Ubisoft games. And once people are just want, you know, they just want to be angry, and once something's identifiable as easily as that, it's very easy to, to get angry at, whether it actually makes you angry or not on a basal level. Mm. And maybe because you can easily identify it, you can identify like how the game is sort, how the des- the designers and the developers are sort of tricking you into having fun almost. So maybe people don't like the idea that they're that easily programmable. <laughs> <laughs> when you see yourself being gamed, uh, but it's it's interesting how well they adapt to so many settings. So I think um, the the Spider Man game mm. um, that did towers. Uh, the, the Shadow of Mordor and Shadows of War, the towers, you know, that's New York City and Middle Earth. And, you know, towers are everywhere. Yeah. Towers are universal. You can always put in a tower. It's just a really d- good way of doing a, a map clearance and, you know, sort of slightly graduated progression. And and you can make them little challenges in and of themselves. Actually, actually, I think like I do love the tall necks as a thing, but some of some of those, the like some of them as towers are really annoying. I think they're more annoying in some, you know, than the Ubisoft ones because it's like you have to figure out where you need to climb, where you need to stand specifically to be able to jump on it. And then once you get there, if you miss, you have to go all the way up again. Then you have to wait about five minutes for the f- thing to walk around again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because some of them have got like bollocks legs or whatever, or like vines growing up some bits. So each one yeah. is a unique parkour challenge. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, what was I going to say? Towers. No, it's gone. It's gone. I was going to, my cheekiest one is the the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers game. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, I'm. I'm feeling it. Carry on. <laughs> Which it doesn't really have that many towers in it, but it's called the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. And uh, one of my friends mentioned it the other day, and and we would we were just basically it was one of those conversations where you just go, yeah, that was really good, wasn't it? For ten minutes. I almost feel like I might have seen an article retweeted or something over the last couple of weeks talking about how good those games were, mm. and yet sort of have just disappeared from from general consciousness and it's true because they were in now correct me if i'm wrong but they were just like you know pretty much just like three button battlers uh co-op and they just sort of had a a pleasantly varied set of vignettes where you just fought your way through the movies right yeah that's it and they used like uh voice clips from the movies of aragorn saying you know like they seek the ring bearer or whatever and punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Love that line. But they were really good. They were really good. Uh, I remember, although it might um, be, you know, the, like the, last week we were talking about, was it good or was it just the only thing I had to play? But I think they were really good. 
The defense of the deeping wall at Helm's Deep was well good. Mm. Anything with waves, you know, I, lo- I love a bit of defense against a wave. Well, this, I mean, we're into tower defense now, aren't we? Segways within segways, yeah. Yeah. Do you like tower so, defense? Because you're I... obviously a big Warcraft 3 lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I've I've never been able to to get into the just pure like I like sort of you know building a a base and sort of going out and going on adventures and that. But I've never been able to get into the the games that are just purely like you know build build you are static building a tower. You know. Do you tend to turtle in strategy games? A little bit. So I suppose yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm definitely a turtler by nature. But I, I am kind of a bit more, like, I'm not actually that good at um, strategy games, really, because I, I don't turtle that much, and I usually just, like, hyper-aggressive, <laughs> kind of put all my eggs in the army basket a little bit. But that's and that's I, that's, just, that, that's good play. Really? Like my whole, like, bizarre journey to becoming... Like moderately good at Age of Empires Two was about unlearning turtling and just playing like a berserker. Yeah, it's uh, that's where it's at. Yeah, because cool. I do that in um, uh, RPGs and stuff as well. Like I'm very DPS. I'm 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 shoot first, ask questions later, which is not it, it's not always strategically speaking. <laughs> I- See, what I like about a tower is it's funnily enough. I was thinking about this quite in quite an in-depth um, way the other morning. I've been playing a little bit of Iron Harvest again, because uh, I go back to it occasionally, because I like the clunking and clanking. And that's a game where, yeah, it, it, it's your classic um, sort of company of heroes formula. You know, you have a, a maximum force size, which is, say, 64 points, and each unit you make is like two or three or five points, um, you know. And once once you've filled your points total, that's your lot until something gets burst. And you can make um, little defensive bunkers that only cost one point, but obviously they can't move. But they also don't do any of the annoying things that like mechs do, like wander off and chase enemies, or like turn their vulnerable bums towards an. <laughs> launcher you know they are just basically uh a very stupid robots uh, <laughs> as you're bidding you know they just sit there and they fire straight forward when there's something to fire at mm. and i had an interesting think about like so if i think about like the overall efficacy of those 64 points i've got to deploy like would it be better to have like eight big like monster mechs which are like eight points each or 64 bunkers <laughs> just like being built in a creeping tide <laughs> towards the enemy base. Um, I almost give it a go, to be honest, because, you know, they're not great, but they're, they're, they're brilliant for one point. I, that, I don't know why, but that just reminds me of I've been playing a lot of Graveyard Keeper. It's not a tower defense game. It's like a really creepy Stardew Valley where you become a, a like a graveyard keeper in a sort of medieval-ish alternate world and uh one of the things you can do is is uh clear the rubble from like a series of tunnels underneath that lead from your house to like the church the graveyard 
uh, and you know, like the the town, and I really love it because it just it basically means like you never need see the sun, <laughs> and I love the idea of like the villagers knowing of me as just like the weirdo that scrabbles about in tunnels <laughs> under the graveyard and like makes sandwiches out of human flesh. I remember you playing that yonks ago. Has it got quite some sort of staying power then? I really like it. It's got a bunch of um, DLCs and stuff now as well that have added a few a few things. I think they've rebalanced it a little bit, so it's kind of easier to play and progress as well. But it's really good. Like you want to get home is your goal basically, but that obviously necessitates doing a bunch of other stuff. But you, it's like creepy Stardew Valley. Like you still like grow carrots and stuff, but the carrots are too feed the donkey that brings you corpses uh and that and like you make sandwiches but out of like flesh that you have carved off bodies on your autopsy table and one of the the key things you need to do is get like a meat stamp so you can pretend that the human flesh (laughs) is stamped as like premium grade beef and then sell it in town oh i love that (laughs) yeah i think you're a little skeleton guy uh, you're friends with the little skeleton guy, and you That's can right. eventually um, have zombies. You can get the technology to have zombies doing stuff for you, which is very useful. But uh, but that doesn't have any towers in it. <laughs> Not even. Doesn't the the church that the graveyard is attached to that must have a shower, a tower? Surely. That yeah, actually that's true, and you can upgrade it um, to make it a better church, and it has a bigger tower. Actually, sort of. Uh, related there's a game called necrosmith i was playing over the steam next next fest and i think it might be out soon or now or maybe in early access actually and it's a necromancer simulator and that is actually kind of a pure tower defense game um Mm. you are a necromancer and your tower is your little you know hall of the dead and you can upgrade it uh which gives it more flying buttresses and makes it like look more like you know Sauron's Tower. It actually potentially sounds bangeronies, to be honest. Well, it's really like I really like it because you're the units you make to protect you are little zombies that you make from. <laughs> you have to manually like put them together, so you you they each have to have two legs, two arms, a, a torso, and a head, and they're different bits. Oh, so, so it's quite can... sort of small scale. Yeah, 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 and you have to sort of. You can only sort of unleash, you can't choose what you unleash when. You you build them and then you can keep some in reserve to like if enemies get to your tower and stuff. But otherwise they just sort of go out into the world and get further and further away from your base. And Is it a love letter to Dungeon Keeper much? or No, not really, I don't think. I don't think you could say that. It's purely, like, it's hard to explain, but like the, basically you start off with just like, normal human bones and then as you sort of progress and your and your zombs get further away from your tower you start getting like uh bones that have flesh on or bones that have like different armor or wizard hats or like maybe wielding an axe or a, a wand and then you start getting ones that are like from an ogre or an orc and so they're a bit stronger and you can make like hilariously mismatched bodies that have like you know like a wizard hat and and you know armor but then one huge or like one huge ogre arm oh this sounds lovely what's it called again necrosmith nice nice yeah i really enjoyed it and it that's it has a good tower as well because your central tower is very like gothic 
I'm trying you know? I keep I've been trying to think of a game and it keeps slipping from my mind, but I feel like there's I don't know if it might be in the overworld map on Dungeon Keeper, but a game where like there is a tower at the centre of what you're doing and it just gets more and more ornate and cool the more you progress. I just cannot think. Uh, is this giving you something as well? I don't know because it sort of sounds like it. Like it's sounds like one of those things that could be anything. Like the castle in Dragon Age Inquisition. Take a shot. Uh, that gets kind of better as you go. Like when you first turn up, it's all kind of rubbish, and there's you know holes and everything and rubble all over the floor, and then you're you know you start there's wooden scaffolding appears and then eventually the scaffolding disappears because people fixed it a bit and you know i've thought some great towers alice go on then facing worlds the unreal tournament map do you remember that i do not right so oh no i do yeah yeah it was this this was just unreal um i'd never seen anything quite so cool as it at the time it was a multiplayer map where there was like two asteroids connected by like a big bridge and each of the asteroids had like a big tower on it and it just felt so massive and it had like really like intense spacey music and like you know you could snipe people from tower to tower and you know you could fire that self-driving nuclear missile the redeemer what a map what a time. I think we have an article that talks about the development of that in maybe in a bleak way. I'll try and dig that out. Yeah. Yeah. A big yeah. Facing Worlds fan. Yeah. Oh, this is a complete tangent as well. But did you, have you seen the teasers for um, the Lord of the Rings TV show? The Rings no, of Power? I've been in, uh, avoiding them because I want to go into it cold. I think it looks very cool. Nice. Are the towers? Yes. There are lots of elven towers and things. And I'm really looking forward to it because I'm of that generation that, you know, the the Lord of the Rings movies came out when I was like 11-ish, averaging out 11, 12. And I'm so excited to see some Lord of the Rings media that might be good again because I've mentioned it before, but the Hobbit films were so bad. Yeah, (laughs) they left a bad taste, didn't they? So I'm really excited I don't want to get my hopes up too much but I did want to mention that like I hardcore Lord of the Rings fans that are probably into it appear to me to fall into one of two categories and that is either the most interesting chilled out cool like like just sound people who have really interesting kind of hobbies and interests and whatever or they are unhinged head measuring racists Yep. And it feels like those are the only two poles if you're really into Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on there. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a lot to take away from Lord of the Rings. There's a lot to enjoy. It's very big. You know, you made a whole world. You can take what you want from it, can't you? you know? But it's like, like, textually, like, you, I know there's a lot of discourse about it. I don't want to kind of get into it. But like, like, I don't understand the position of being like, you know, hobbits can't be black or whatever. Like, it's just so... It's just so yeah. you just want to go like, but they're not real, so it doesn't matter. Like, what do you yeah. mean? It's... I mean, God, people have massive debates about what Tolkien would have thought. And 
I'm not qualified to have them, but my intuition, you know, and I am a pretty big Tolkien fan. My intuition is that, you know, his heart was in the right place. He just felt like a man who was essentially of decent beliefs. And I can't see him, I don't know, at least the Tolkien I have in my head wouldn't give a crap. Like, you know, it just seems, so, as you say, so immaterial. Yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, it's just so, so exhausting. It's so exhausting. It, it, it always reminds me of like, and it's unfortunate again that this is referencing an actual, one of the worst human beings on the planet, apparently. But a video uh, discussing uh, Superman and uh, the person who did this video said that his dad once told him like, what are the rules for vampires? And, you know, and he starts going like, well, you know, like garlic, steak through hot sunlight. And his dad was like, wrong. That you, it doesn't matter because vampires aren't real. So it doesn't matter what you can make up your any, any rules. Like, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. Hobbits and elves aren't real. So it doesn't matter. Like, shut up. Okay. <laughs> here's, Rings TV show looks very cool. Here's a big old tangent for you, but it's a good one. Uh, what fantasy species would you make real? Uh, shadow run style and just ha- have them just have yeah and then you know they i you know it's like promised they won't be some sort of ghastly clumsy stand-in for an existing culture of people they're just gonna be you know whatever they're gonna be there just being okay, well, like the welsh you know de- definitely not elves because elves are pricks what about gimlies yeah i was gonna say either i think dwarfs or like orcs yeah i I love orcs it's gotta be orcs i feel like orcs would actually be pretty chill and like in in most fantasy media other than lord of the rings they're basically just like bodyguards you know like the bouncers outside of pubs yeah i I just reckon you couldn't have a bad night out with an orc yeah If, if you survived it you might die but you know even that would probably be a laugh there's um a game I oh, I gotta try and find the the article I wrote about it. Um, there's a game. It's like um uh, a city building kind of or like a civilization building thing. Um, and the orcs oh, in it are just like this. they're just yeah, like chill like, hippies. Yeah, yeah, just like the weed guys and tents. Yeah, yeah, they sound uh, pretty cool. I I I'm gonna try and like find it, but like it it. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if I can find it. But yeah, it's it, they're just like chill kind of farmers and like their big buildings and stuff are like massive hollowed out turnips and things. Very cool. Actually, that gets us back onto towers because I really like the um, the orc towers aesthetic in the Warcraft universe, which is very much what I call architecture, um, which is however big a building you need an elephant of commensurate size will have died <laughs> at some point to provide tusks for it. It's, you know, like it's astonishing. You think of the size some of these animals would have to be. doesn't matter. There's always a tusk big enough. But you never see the elephants themselves. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, this is probably a very specific, like, tropic grief um, for, for me. But, like, I've always hated the trope in... Like for the classic example is in Star Wars A New Hope, where he's wandering about in the desert and he passes like a dinosaur skeleton. And like the massive skeletons in deserts and stuff are like the exception to the Chekhov's gun rule. 
because you always see them and then you never see the living thing. Happens in Borderlands loads. Um, oh, actually, I really hated the bit. I think it was in um, Last Jedi where Ray's mucking around in the like the cave with the funfair mirrors and there's like oh, yeah. a big sea monster skeleton. Yeah. And like, earlier on, I think you see some like big hump in the sea and there's like a sea monster and you're like, here we go, sea monster set piece coming right up. <laughs> But then, no, it's just like Jedi arguing about books. <laughs> well, um, uh, we, we there's a whole discussion to be had about the problems with um, the Star Wars uh, new trilogy. But, you know, that's, just a few, yeah. that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Um, We're kicking it all off today. <laughs> Star Wars sequel trilogy. <laughs> all, all your legacy media is <laughs> terrible. Um, uh, I did have an example of kind of a bad tower, which is a, a shame. But there's a tower in um, uh, Final Fantasy 15, which is a game that sort of narrows to a point. It has a really cool open world where you're driving about, doing your lads on tour, stag do in your cool car, uh, and then it, and eventually you get on a train. Like you get literally put on some train tracks and get railroaded towards like a tower at the end, and you, it's just a series of corridors where you have to use like a magic ring to just explode people and stuff. It's very like it sounds kind of like the Hitman 3 denouement, which I always yeah. felt as well after these incredibly like like the very definition of flexibility and level design and then it's just the corridor of fists. <laughs> Don't know why yeah. games do that at the end. Yeah. I sort of get it if you if you basically are trying to do like a final episode. But um I yeah, it it was a shame because the the open world has been so much fun and so good, and you get gradually like smaller and smaller. Um, so that wasn't a a fun tower. That was a bad tower. That's a good tower. Oh, good shout! Yeah, and weirdly, it you do, it does just keep hammering home the idea of ascending, even if it doesn't do that much visually with it. You know, just. That map design and everything really makes you feel like you're climbing up some big mad stick. I think that's mm, good. Good tower. Well, I, probably though, time for us to descend in in into a cavern because it's me this week. So I'll oh, do. Oh, it is uh, you. I was about yeah. to say, oh, you're going to be surprised when you get down there because I got nothing. <laughs> uh, no, you're going to be put through a gauntlet. Um, so let me just do a a creaky door for you. <coughs> The cavern! Nice. <laughs> Welcome to my cavern. It's it's the basement of a tower, as you may have surmised. It's good. Uh, I like a, it. Nice decor. An oubliette. And uh, this week, I've uh, I've got five potential towers to build on top of it um, from, from plans that an architect has drawn up from tower defense games on Steam. One of them... Uh, isn't real and I don't want to build my tower based on that because the plans would be useless and it would just fall apart so I'm going to need you to to figure out which is the fake tower basically I think I'm the man for this yeah let's do All right. it okay alright let me just open the steam pages right first of all big forts okay As I, I made that sound like Forza but big forts Big Force is an action strategy tower defense game set in the alternative cowboy universe. 
Owen Longshot Livingston and his gang of outlaws have occupied the local army fort. How long can you keep the general's forces away? Um, and so it's a standard, it, well, I'd say standard, it's like side-on 2D and you sort of have a cross-section of a fort, like one of those ones that's made of like sticks. Do you know, like old time? Yeah, 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 like palisades and that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, you start off and it's just sort of a small kind of square of palisades, but you can add it looks like stuff on the corners i'm guessing the alternative cowboy universe is because it, it you appear in some screenshots to have like lasers or electricity uh kind of aoe things oh it's in the wild wild west universe very good yes indeed uh and there are you know lads on horseback and uh and you say it's uh, from the side like um like kingdom two crowns or something like that uh, I don't. I do not know that one, <laughs> but uh, that's from 2018. Next is fortification colon tower defense, which is uh, it's from last year. It's a co-op and single-player tower defense game. Um, it's sort of Minecrafty to look at. It's you. You can sort of move the camera around an island and the island is made of all blocks um, to create sort of topographical features. Uh, and the middle of an island is uh, a what the scene page indicates as a missile silo and you need to protect it from the invasion of some robots by building like guns and other defences and, and ramps and things. So it's quite generic. The, the robots look like little spiders. Green okay. spiders. Yeah. D- does it look like a desperate, like, like two month Unity project, or? No, I think that's a bit unfair. I think it's sort of like someone's first game, sort of thing. It's just the name, man. The name. I've it, already yeah, fort- gotten it. Fortification colon tower defense and tower defense is all lowercase. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we've got Glad Falakas Tower Defense Two. I believe it is Russian. English is not supported. Uh, help Valera protect the most valuable thing for him. It's 2D side on. All the sprites appear to be like hand-drawn little cartoons of people and things. Well, people, all types of people. Uh, some of them appear to be like men who are singing. Others are like women who are just sort of holding a fist up and, and look kind of cross. Um, this sounds charmingly weird. Yeah, 2028. Due to the global economic crisis, crisis, Valerie's grandfather's garage is attacked by many enemies who are trying to capture the hero's golden bucket. Go. Is it? Is it comedy with a K or? I don't know. I can't tell. Golden bucket. Interesting. Maybe, okay. but well, the only f- sort of the golden bucket is. I don't know. Maybe the. Caricatures are meant to be funny. It's hard to tell, but it looks like it has different seasons, and you, yeah, you have different guns and stuff. You know, sort of plants versus zombies ish, but you don't have a lot of plants. You just have one man. Quite like also, uh, plants versus zombies. Bless it. Yeah, we should have mentioned that earlier, shouldn't we? Yeah, I like the uh, winter melons. There we go. Yeah. Uh, now we've got yet another tower defense, but this one actually looks quite luxury. It's three D. It's lots of explosions. Is it called uh, there, Yet Another Tower Defence? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's that. called. 
Um, it has like different levels. Uh, it looks like there are lots, of, like as in different levels within the level. So sort of walkways and stuff. Uh, different sort of biomes. There's a desert, a jungle, a snowy one. Uh, ancient demons summoned from the deep dark abyss and brought ruin to Tiade, Tiade, land of our home. You should know your towers and use them wisely. Bring your sword, warrior. I, th- I think they're meant to put warrior, but it's wor- warrior as in one who worries. No, it's actually uh, an indie game about anxiety. Oh. Uh, and your brave heart. Join me in this defense of the ancient ellipsis lands. Mixed reviews, but it does look very pretty. Fair enough. Uh, and then finally, we have Defense Your Organism, uh, a game in the tower defense genre where the player is fighting back from the enemies in the form of microbes, each of which is unique in their behavior, uh, puts the fighting vehicles to fight back from them. Not many user reviews, this one, but I really enjoyed the name. Uh, you get waves of microbes coming along a little uh, set path. And then, you know, it, it's very minimal. It's what What's it's, the visual style? Uh, it's c- it completely, so, like, I'm trying to think of a comparison that kind of can't. Um, it's, what, how do they draw the, the um, bacterias and viruses in that? They're, they're little, like, little, like, blips, like, um, sort of stripy pill bug type things and then you can place tanks and, and towers along the route it's top down um, tanks so it's yeah. not like bodily stuff no it's interesting maybe the tanks are a metaphor <laughs> for anxiety um, yeah i feel like i just beckforded you on what that last one i don't know just felt like you were um scrabbling about in a bucket of mints oh because i said tanks <laughs> Looking for a burger. You know what? I'm just like, I don't want to live forever. I'm just going to like hurl my spear at you right now. <laughs> Where did you get a spear in this dungeon? <laughs> uh, I uh, I took it off a skeleton that I just fought. Oh, um, curses. <laughs> and then I found a grenade in a barrel. So I'm going to take that to the spear. Okay. And you're, and you're throwing it at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to say that defense your organism isn't real. That's too good. Okay, uh, so the the spear with a grenade <laughs> attached uh, comes flying towards me, but at the last second, a skeleton animates, uh, grabs it, and hurls it back at you, because defense your organism is real. Oh, I didn't know my towers! There's no way I'd win at that one game that said I had to know my towers. <laughs> it was the first one, Big Forts with the Cowboys. Was the no, really? Yeah. I even that got... is amazing because I was just going through them like safe bet, safe bet, safe bet. <laughs> Thank you. I even got Owen Longshot Livingston for a cowboy fantasy name generator from like a, a fiction help writing well, website. I nearly said at the time, Owen Longshot Livingston is a great name. <laughs> that was what I was like, should I call him Owen Longshot Livingston? Because is that too good for the, the kind of tenor of game I'm going for? Do you know if I'd been in a less chill mood, I'm that, yeah, that. Pebble might have rolled. Yeah, I but nearly no, called was... him just like Owen Longshot, and then I was like, no, because he needs a last name. And then it was too late. It was like two minutes before we started recording. Owen Longshot is the most porn star name I've ever heard. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Really we, 90s. We should, should make some Owen Longshot t-shirts. Owen Longshot. To go with the Tobias Beckford one. 
He's like the anti-Tobias Beckford. Yeah. I can blend in anywhere. (laughs) He's a real sleazy bastard. Let's get away from this place. (laughs) Quick, get out of here. Wait, why are you leaving? Oh no, he lives in the cabin now. (laughs) Oh no. Thank you, Nate, for that valiant effort. You went down all guns blazing, and I respect you for it. Um, I kind of wish I, I, I think being able to take any to six degrees anything to anywhere else linguistically is kind of better than winning a mini game on a fairly obscure podcast. Oh yeah, but I, my power only works within the bounds of the uh, <laughs> the obscure podcast as well. What's, so. what's Matthew's podcast power? Oh, the silence there was damning, wasn't it? Well, no, because I don't. I don't just want to say like he says Charles stuff because he's like he's a marvelous human being. (laughs) I don't want to boil him down to this one unfair meme. Uh, We'll think of something. We'll have it when he's back. Um, Grant him his power next week. Yeah. Now I am unfortunately due to the timing of some time off. I'm having. uh, I'm off the next couple of weeks. I might be on the podcast next week. I might not. It depends how the timing shake out. But we'll leave you in the very capable hands of Nate and Matthew. Um, and before I go, it's time for some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, I'll go first this week if you want. Um, so I'm going to recommend uh, a local-ish, I mean local to Ireland, I think she's based in Dublin, uh, artist uh, called Kira. Oh no, I don't have her. I've got her store up, but it doesn't. Oh, uh, Kira Mulheron. Um, who I recently bought um, an acrylic wildflower painting uh, from her. And it's really lovely and really reasonable prices, I think, if you're looking for a nice bit of art and you're supporting a small creator. Um, She goes by Pale Yellow Palette on uh, Instagram and on Etsy. I'll link to her store. Um, Really, really lovely. And I'm really pleased with it. And I can't stop looking at it. There you go. Uh, Nate. What are you recommending this week? So I don't think I've done this one before. Um, I so you you'll know like the you you nary will you come across a man less interested in true crime than me. Um, I've accidentally got into a true crime podcast, uh, oh. which is weird. I think the least interesting thing about it for me is the true crime. I just really enjoy listening to the man's voice. The TLDR, he's an ex-Navy SEAL who I think basically was a very nice man and had a breakdown uh, and just decided to start telling stories on YouTube first and now he does a podcast. And he just seems like the gentlest man in the universe. He's called Mr. Ballen. And it's very, you know, thumbs up to subscribe, you know, basic YouTube stuff. Uh, if you want to look at it that way. But I find it incredibly charming. I think he's a really gifted narrator. And yeah, God, it's got, got me interested in like murderers and all that <laughs> awful stuff. So yeah, um, it, it's I listen to it on Spotify. It's, I mean, it's not a podcast you need. Uh, there's only one of those, but I'd say you could do with it. Oh, that's good. I like getting... Because I find so much true crime stuff, like I'm interested in true crime, but it's all very, it's quite lurid in the way it's 
presented a lot of the time. And he's someone really, rec- yeah, he's super respectful towards you know the people who've been killed and stuff, and always takes the time to sort of talk about who they were as yeah. people and you know how their families like coped afterwards. And he's just yeah, he's a very reasonable man. Oh, that's great. Like, I got recommended one recently, and the first episode started with about five minutes of the guy saying, like, I saw how successful Serial was, so I decided I wanted to make... So basically saying, like, I wanted to get famous off of a true crime podcast too, and I, like, I was like, I'm not... I'm out. That's not... Like, <laughs> screw you, man. Um, all right, that's a lovely recommendation. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you, listener, for joining me and Nate this week on episode 194 the electronic wireless show to talk about some of our favorite towers in video games join us Only again six episodes away from the 200th anniversary special oh no does that mean we have to do something bicentennial men and women <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in remember you can look up rock paper shotgun on facebook youtube and twitter just search rock paper shotgun and you'll find us uh, you can join the Discord to have a chat about the podcast and more, uh, where you will learn things about fish, but also find people to play games with, uh, get involved in the sort of organised play sessions and stuff like that. Um, and uh, for all your PC gaming needs, you can go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell, and it's goodbye from Nate, aka Matthew Tower. <laughs> Farewell. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.